Hi, I'm Evelyn, and I want to talk about a little bit of how I grew up in the school, in the elementary school.、Um, coming here from Mexico, I remember I was supposed to be in the third grade because I had just finished the second grade, and so us coming to the United States, we I would have been entering into the third grade. However. Whenever、uh, I came here, I knew not an ounce of English, nothing, no English whatsoever at all to save my life. And so it was decided that it would be better to keep me back a year. And I was under the assumption that I was going to be placed back. You know, like it was going to be kind of like an automatic kind of thing. However, it was just more of a, I'll just stay in the where I where I'm at right now because you know it's just. Like what is catching up after all? You know what I mean. There's always something to learn in that elementary, especially if you're a foreign kid.、Um, I guess there's always. But anyway, so I I remember the second second、uh, second grade. I was in an ESL program that they had at Reagan, the school that I went to, and so.、Uh, Mrs. Rangel, I remember her name. Still, she was the ESL teacher. Beautiful, beautiful soul. I mean, I love her. I mean, I still know her. I still, I still. She actually lives right there, like a few houses down from my house, from my parents' house. I'm sorry. And so, we're not a few houses down, but you know, somewhere around there. And so,、um, she actually had a kid also, and I grew up with him as well. We grew up together. Um, you know the same school and everything. So I mean, she's she's been a, one of those teachers that I've always kind of run into her, you know, here and there. And I'm pretty sure she retired already and whatnot. But there's always that gratefulness and that love that I have for that woman.、Um, so I remember I I remember I did I have a hard time? Not really. I don't think I had a hard time, and because I was a very That school was a very Hispanic.、Um, there was a there was that ESL program, which was the best, and I, I think that people should still have that if they don't. I'm not sure、um, what the ESL consists of. I don't know if they still have it, but that was yeah, that was that. So third grade comes around, and I remember Miss Varela. She was、uh, I don't really remember much about her,、um, and maybe because I was transitioning and. And that was the year that I really kind of, you know, after hearing my after hearing her ta- tell a teacher that, you know, like she has zero zero points, you know, because there was a program that they invented back in the day, around just around that time, and it was called the AR Autumn. What is the A stand for? Stand for. Academic reader, yeah, there you go, academic reader. And this was such an awesome, awesome, awesome program because what it did is, it took every single book in the library, and it turned it, it was turned into a like a grading kind of like a, every book had its level. Okay, you had a level,、uh, first grade level, second grade. The librarians were the ones that I guess figured that out. Um, and did that? They went. They read the books, and then they would come onto the computers and create. Typically, about a ten, fifteen、uh, questionnaire,、uh, a 
about the te- about the book, right? I mean, this is like main idea. This is like a lot of stuff in in that test. It wasn't just like um, it wasn't just like A B C D. Um, I mean, I didn't have any open ended questions, but it it was um, I mean, depending on the age, I mean, depending on the on the level, that's what I'm trying to say. So that was just right there. That was it for me. That was that was the only thing I remember in, um, in my years, really honestly, from second, like towards the middle end of second grade and the whole third grade, the whole fourth grade, the whole fifth year, fifth grade year, and maybe the sixth year, that's when I started it. So kind of, no, actually, I think I was pretty good the sixth year. So that was my life there. For four years, that was my life. I... I loved it. I loved it, and I, I guess I earned the... I mean, I was always going to the... Anybody who always finished their stuff was welcome. I mean, reading was part of the... It wasn't a, a privilege. It wasn't something that, okay, you're done with all your work? Okay, yeah, you deserve it. No, it was more like a necessity. It was more like... It was more like... Like they allowed you almost to pick, in a sense. I'm not too sure, but... I mean, for them to let you lay down and bring your own little comfy thing. I mean, those were the days, man. Those were the days where you were able to hide and there wouldn't be concerns. There wouldn't be issues with, you know, with Lord knows what and who and what, you know. I mean, parents before, they used to never complain about every single thing and make a case out of every single thing. I mean, we could lay around anywhere in that classroom However, and look at the scores, look at the scores. I mean, that was just hiding your own little thing. And, um, and later I'll describe a little, a few of the very disturbing things that I saw afterwards whenever I went substituting. You know, it just made it a whole different, made it a whole different environment. It was more like, um, like wowzers, really? That's how far you up came? Like what happened to, anyways, I'll, let, uh, I'll do it. I'll talk about it in just a second because I don't want to jump from one thing to another. So the whole third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, and I believe sixth grade, um, I, I got up to be the top AR reader for a couple of years consecutive. And I remember me just going at least twice a day, every day. Right? I would read like a goosebump book, typically one day. Just let me take it home, start on it, and let's go. And then the next morning I'd have it ready. But I'd take about two AR, three, two to three AR tests a day, right? And of course, the more that I kept going up, the more, the more the, the level and stuff and whatnot. It was always a challenge and it was always beautiful. I loved it, okay? And so if you can just imagine the one of the series that I've, I've read, I mean, all every single book is the Babysitters Club. I remember that, and that, all the Ramona books, you know, from Beverly Cleary. And then there's um, the Babysitters Club and the, the Goosebump books. I said there was also a lot of. Um, actually, you know what? I never ever got was able to get into any of the Howard uh, Hank the Cow Dog. Never. I thought those were so. There was absolutely nothing in common with me because of the. I'm guessing because of the the, the writing. You know how they, they even mis- misspell words and that. I mean, yeah, they misspell words in that. 
in that in those books. I mean, because the whole the whole attitude of that book is like a, a Texan, you know, Texas, like get 'em, you know, get 'em, boy. So it was just very hard for me to understand. I didn't know what the hell I was talking about ever, right? Because me not knowing the language, but yeah, I mean, it makes sense, right? So I would always read. I think my favorite ones were reading about the factual ones, like the Bermuda Triangles. They had these uh, series of, you know, just nothing but informative ones. And those were one of my favorite ones to read, the informative ones. Of course, I love the the, the character ones. I love the ones about the, the, the animals and how they communicated with each other. I loved animal characters. I loved the world of animals. Um, I loved it. And, and I also loved, like, secondhand stories, like, of people going through like whenever like whenever like I remember one book the first book that ever made me cry so bad I remember just putting that book to my chest and just bawling and crying and it was every time that you do that that you cry on a movie and the first time you cry on a book or whatever it just makes you it makes you feel like there's something bittersweet about that moment it's like wow something made me like Something made me really fall crying, like, wow, but I don't feel so terrible, I mean, it's like, I don't know, I can't describe it, uh, but it was that connection, I feel, it was that empathy, that building the empathy, you know, that's what, that's what teachers need to do now, they need to teach empathy by, by, not, not the depression, not depression, no, 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 there's such difference in such books, okay, empathy has to do with resolution and re- resolving something after the you know like something good coming out of it now now depression and depressing books and books that are meant for other things those are going to be the ones that are left in standstill those are going to be the ones left with no explanation at the end no nothing to make us feel better no like nobody to just turn to 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 make you reason or help you reason with what the hell just happened in the story you know nah those books i stay the hell away and normally, what I do to kind of know when a book is going to be like that, they, in our education practice when we were going to school, when I was going to school to be a teacher, we had many methods and many strategies to kind of skim through books. Because as you can imagine, I mean, educators are responsible for, for picking out the books, right? That's just the big mystery, the big prop, the big assignments that we as teachers have that that thing that justifies that oh, we don't get paid enough. Why do you think we don't get paid enough? It's because that's why they say that is because there's a standard. There's like a whole Bible of standards that every single person needs to know. In that whole year, even it tells you to the exact T, exact lettering. I mean, exact sound of a letter that the kid needs to know. So here they are giving you a manual your job as teacher at the beginning is to break up that manual along with the, the other activities throughout the year synchronized with those activities and you need to plan out the whole exact thing the whole thing I'm talking about teachers got it by the hour by the minute so anytime that there's behavior problems anytime that a teacher is it doesn't get to that next assignment that it was planned. Guess what the teacher has to do? The teacher has to get her eraser, 
out and map out more than that week. It goes way more. If you push it back, you push a lot of stuff back. So it's very important for teachers to have their, keep their, their agenda running, how they plan it. If not, it gets very unbalanced. It just gets very hectic. It gets very stressful because, you know, sleep deprivation. I mean, it just gets stressful. It does. I mean, who would think that, who would like to do that? To reschedule that? No, 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 no. It's just a big thing. So we'd rather just set up our own little behavioral plan, go with the flow, and hope for the best. <laughs> and that's, I remember those days. It's beautiful. And so, ever since then, during the step, like, I was always, um, I always had a, a I always went to go help out in the teachers and the library. Like I was always a librarian for a certain class period or something. Um, every year, every year I was just surrounded by books. I loved it. I loved it because I could see and see which book I was going to read next. Um, I remember in junior high, I wasn't, I don't remember being ever in the Edison library. Uh, I think those were the wild years to where, <laughs> like, what library? <laughs> I'm so, I'm so over here with the, you know, the new attention I'm getting. You know, my, my kind of my my behind looking a little bit, a little bit rounder. <laughs> I'm just getting, oh my gosh, how the hell? I was getting a lot of, you know, like a dang big booty. Sorry, I had to say that, but that's the truth. <laughs> I was taking my mom's clothes and putting on her clothes. I would come back and she'd see me with her skirt. You know, I would wear my mother's skirts and stuff bras, you name it. And she met me too. Anyways, her clothes was always much more better than mine. So then, I think eighth grade, ninth grade, I think my ninth grade, I at the end of ninth grade, I got pregnant. So I started off high school pregnant, my first daughter. And I remember there also I was a, I was a library's aide. The whole, I think the 10th and 11th grade. And in that school is when I began to be fascinated with figuring out how such inhumane, what an inhumane world. I was trying to understand the inhumane world of the World War II. I was trying to get to the bottom of the very dark, mysterious thing. I was. I started raising questions as into how how does this happen? How how does this happen? How I just could not figure it out. And I, um, I remember they had a bunch of Holocaust books there. I mean the big the big colorful one, the colorful ones. The, they just had a lot of stuff. I mean a lot of stuff about the the, the Jewish and the Holocaust and the World War Two. A lot. So I kind of just stayed on that topic forever. And up until now, you know, and then hands turns into the world. <laughs> I don't know, I there. But yeah, I've always been surrounded by books. And I'm not sure if I could ever be anywhere without them. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know really what it's like to be in a world without books. I don't. Um, I've collected many, many books, and a lot of these books have been left behind, and very good books too, by the way, like, I was always against 
anybody who sold their books back at the at the at the college. How could anybody do such an offensive thing? I could never understand it. How the hell is somebody gonna buy a two hundred dollar book and then just sell it for fifteen bucks? It's just like a big slap in the face. There's no way I could ever volunteer in that kind of behavior ever. I was never. I don't care if I was walking in the middle of the street. I was not gonna sell my book for no fifteen damn dollars. You got me messed up, boy. What the hell do you think I am? I always wanted those books to be resources for my education. Always there. You just never know when the internet's gonna be good or not. Whatever. I just always felt really safe around my books. And so I guess that's what led to me never really having a, a routine or any. I mean, I don't know. I definitely know that books have definitely played a big role in my disorganization, but I also know that they've played a huge role in my, um, in my view of the world. And it wasn't until this very last time, whenever I had another feeling just like it, uh, like a big life-changing view, kind of like, I remember I was at, the, I'm at, my, at my apartment one day. My whole life was just going to shift. I didn't know what the hell was wrong with me. Like, as in, I don't know why the things I didn't want to do and the things that I didn't want to do, I did them. I mean, it was one of those things too, where like, there's no excuse for me. There's just no excuse for me. What is wrong with me? And I, I go outside and I'm sitting there and in front of my house, my apartment, there's this beautiful lady, beautiful lady, just happy, humming maybe, doing her chores. I mean, doing her housework. Just doing her housework, mopping, okay? And she was a double amputee. She did not have her legs. And I looked at her and I thought to myself, even how is this possible? Look at, you know, there's just definitely no excuse. Hi, baby. What are you doing? What's up, guys? It's your girl, Evelyn. Here with the podcast, I have a breaking news. Um, I would... I am very positive that this there's this has every uh, a lot to do with spray like it's a spray they're spraying you're like no shit right <laughs> no shoot um and you know it goes back to just, it just goes back okay the angels are just telling me right now that Angels are telling me now that there is radiation therapy and that the during this radiation therapy that the cancers are destroyed by using this high intensity radiation. The treatment can the treatment can be either external or internal depending on the site of the tumor. And the dose and the position of the radiation is uh, carefully like calculated so that normal cells receive as little radiation as possible and it allows them to recover with little like or no long-term damage 
the treatment is like painless at the time, but side effects such as nausea may develop as treatment continues. Radiation therapy may be used alone or with other cancer treatments. And that external radiation is often carried out using like a linear accelerator, which is, it produces an X-ray. It produces X-rays and gamma rays or electron beams. And this type of uh, radiation use, it depends on the type of cancer. So like the skin is usually marked with ink to outline the area to be treated. The treatment may be given once, several times a week, or several times a day, depending on the cancer the, and the type of radiation used, and also that um, the treatment, like the treatment with radiation, um, is carefully focused radiation, and it, it's used to destroy or to slow down the growth of cancerous tissue. It's like radiation therapy can have severe side effects. Um, however, your doctor, he's going to recommend the radiation therapy if he or she believes that it's going to be worthwhile. So it's like, like common side effects vary from person to person and may include like reddened or painful skin at the site of the treatment, loss of appetite, like nausea and vomiting and fatigue. And if you have radiation therapy to the head or the neck, you may temporarily lose your hair. Um, and experience pain in the throat and a permanently dried mouth. Radiation therapy to the large bowel may cause inflammation and persistent diarrhea. And many of these side effects can be delivered using drugs and clear up when treatment has been completed. And the radiation therapy can be used either curatively or uh, palliatively. Um, Like during the procedure, radioactive materials are placed directly onto or around the cancer. For example, temporary radioactive implants may be placed um, within hollow organs such as the uterus or vagina. Occasionally, a radioactive substance may be taken orally or injected into a body cavity, and in some instances, small radioactive seeds may be placed directly into the affected organ and left in place while they gradually release radiation. So, the radioactive implants in the vagina, their implants containing radioactive substances, and they're sometimes used to treat cancers of the uterus the cervix or the vagina and the radioactive seeds in the prostate like the prostate cancer may be treated by the insertion of radioactive seeds and the seeds emit radiation for several months but the, during the treatment you have to lie toward like totally still so that the radiation reaches the correct area and the, each treatment lasts only a few minutes but it may take the 15 to 30 minutes to set up the equipment and the machine tilts so that the cancer can be radiated, ira I mean, irradiated from different angles. And it's like, there's like this beam of radiation in a circular kind of pattern. It's, it reminds me, honestly, like the machines at Walmart. <laughs> there's like these little machines that they just made at Walmart, and I'm pretty sure they are. For sure, they are. They, I mean, I don't see, yeah, they are. They have to. Um, sure, come on, people. So the more you buy, the longer you stay there, the more the therapy you get. It's just messed up that you don't get to find out 
I don't know. I'm just saying that it just this right here, reading this gave me a gave me hope more. I mean, I've, I I have hope, and because whether it's because I constantly remind myself or keep it ingrained in me, even when sometimes I might not feel like it, it's just um, it's just one of those things that it kind of it's a good thing, very good thing. Because uh, now we kind of know a little bit more what we're working with and the fact that hey, there is some kind of knowledge out there that this. You know, like, why didn't you tell us, man? Why are you making us feel like we're dead? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that kind of. But anyways, it's just, I guess everybody's got different. I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> but, I mean, if I can help out in any kind of way. And like I said, by uh, giving these little mini short, you know, narrative learning kind of stuff you know I just I don't mind it at all I think it's think whatever put put it definitely put it in your hopeful box because uh, um, yeah just whatever so there's also of course this can be very depressing once you start reading only about it because I forgot how it was said somewhere. It was said something like, um, let's see. I'll come back to this. I think this world would be a better place if we had Bill Nye the Science Guy inside every single classroom. That man makes everything so relevant. It is perfect for each kids and it is our only salvation. Not him. The what he taught and the way and he taught it and stuff, okay? Because I don't wanna glorify, you know, I mean something and it be, you know, oh we can't glorify things at schools and you know, bring in the whole drama to your mama stuff. I'm talking about our world would be a much better world. And if we had Bill Nye the Science Guy inside our classrooms, amen, God. Canoa is one of the best vegetable sources of protein. Canoa is similar to whole dried milk and amino acid content. It's also higher than true grains in the amino acid lysine, the methionine, and the cysteine. It's also higher in cholesterol-lowering fiber, lo- sorry, cholesterol-lowering fiber, and blood-building iron. Quinoa also contains a respectable amount of magnesium, which helps regulate blood pressure. Quinoa, meaning mother grain, was the sustaining food of the Inca Indians. The grain was first found growing in high altitudes in Peru and Bolivia. Quinoa seeds look like round sesame seeds. When cooked, they have a fluffy texture and a mild flavor. Usually all quinoa is grown organically. Quinoa does, quinoa does spoil quick easily. You have to use within a month of purchase. 
You rinse the canola well to remove the bitter tasting coating that may cling to the grains. Cook like rice. In casseroles, you can cook them in cold salads or desserts also. Carrot juice is a nutritional powerhouse with over 400% of the RDA for vitamin A. As a source of vitamin C, a glass of this heavy juice also helps fight infection, heal wounds, and boost calcium and iron absor absorption. Carrot juice is also a good source of vitamin B, which reduces excretions of oxalic acid and helps to prevent kidney stones from forming. Foods such as spinach that are high in oxalates. You eat them with this. So, the vegetable juice cocktail often has carrot juice as one ingredient. Either vegetable juice or pure carrot juice makes a good chaser to a cocktail since they replenish some of the B6 destroyed by alcohol. We have a, also, there's a cactus fruit juice mix, a drink, a terrific source of vitamin C. This drink supplies 112% of the RDA. In addition, the drink contains some potassium, which may help protect against high blood pressure. A significant amount of iron helps the body fight off infection. Some fruits contain oxalates, which should be restricted by people with calcium oxalate stones. Allergy alert, citrus may cause allergic reactions such as hives and headaches in some people. The drink may be made from a mixture of several types of, of citrus juice. Did I say cactus? How funny girl. Including orange, lime, lemon, and occasionally grapefruit. You want to choose the products that are labeled 100% fruit juice to ensure that you're getting good nutritional value. For fresher juice and even higher nutrition, make your own citrus drinks. Citrus. There's this chow chow. It's a combination of pickled vegetables with salts, your salty with sodium, that's what they say. In the package process, packing process, the vegetables are cooked in boiling salted water. People allergic to aspirin may have trouble with chow chow, which contains the same allergen, salicylate. This mixture, this mixture of chopped veggies and a sweetened hot blend of spices and vinegar has a couple of things going for it besides good taste. First, there's no cholesterol. Also, sour chow chow is rich in iron, has a good amount of vitamin C, and contains a dab of potassium. Some chow chow may include cucumbers, green tomatoes, peppers, beans, and celery, in addition to the standard cauliflower and onions. Chow chow may be made at home. It's especially good using fresh grown cucumbers and other fresh garden vegetables. You use this, you serve this as an appetizer or side dish.
Horseradish can cause skin eruptions in people who are allergic to allyl isothiocyanate, an oil present in horseradish. Horseradish adds extra zing to any dish, especially if you use an extra hot variety. Depending on its strength, it can also be an effective way to clear sinus passages. The perennial horseradish plant hails from Eastern Europe and Western Asia. The Roman scholar Pliny thought that it was a cured asthma. Horseradish is a bitter herb that is traditionally served as the at the ja- Jewish Passover meal. While horseradish is preserved with vinegar, the red kind contains beet juice. With meat, you serve it with egg dishes with meat and chicken, tuna, or salmon salads. You mix it with non-fat yogurt if you want. Horseradish creates a tangy sauce for seafood or cold meats. low-fat, sodium and cholesterol-free, red or pink grapefruits are somewhat higher in vitamin C than the whole variety. It gets its color from beta-carotene, which turns to vitamin A in the body and may help prevent some forms of cancer. Although grapefruit isn't a terribly rich source of beta-carotene, it every bit helps. Cooked carrots, you can eat them with sweet potatoes for extra vitamin A. Make sure that may it may cause intestinal gas, especially if eaten in large quantities. Allergy to citrus fruit may trigger bedwetting in some children. Citrus fruit may also cause allergic headaches. The name grapefruit may come from a description of a 19th century variety. It was said that they grew in truces clusters like grapes. The redder the flesh, the sweeter it is. Look for heavy, thin-skinned grapefruit. Don't worry too much about minor defects such as scars, scratches, and discoloration because grapefruit is excellent in all types of in all types of salads, including chicken, tuna, shrimp, Waldorf, chefs, and spinach. Now, papaya. Papaya has plenty of folates and contains an extraordinary amount of vitamin C. With all this that's vitamin C, it helps build stronger immunity and healthy skin and may offer some protection against certain, certain types of cancer. The beneficial sodium-potassium ratio is good for those with sodium-induced high blood pressure. Papaya also contains beta-carotene, which is a deep color and, a, and a, is a clue to help prevent cancer. Some people develop hives or other allergic reactions from handling or eating papaya. It's now there's no relation to the wild American pawpaws, even though papayas often go by that name. 
Look at look for fruit that's mostly yellow. Let it stand in a dark place at room temperature until it turns golden and yields slightly to pressure. You can serve with chicken and seafood salad. One more thing guys, before y'all leave, there is Brussels sprouts. They're very high, rich source of vitamin C with a good amount of folate. Both these ingredients are important for strengthening immunity and sprouts belong to the cancer-fighting cruciferous family. Cruciferous, with high fiber, they help control diabetes, they lower cholesterol levels and contribute to weight loss. A serving of Brussels sprouts has as much as more or more fiber than two slices of whole grain bread. Brussels sprouts do give some people gas. It was developed near their namesake city of Brussels, Belgium. Look for firm, compact, bright green buds with ocean fish and seafood, but skip the traditional high-fat sauces like hollandaise and, and season instead with basil, caraway seed, dill, mustard seed, sage, or thyme. Also, one of the very good ones that I heard was very good was um, vitamin A things that things that have vitamin A content and the sweet potato certainly beats most other vegetables and it's also very high in vitamin C it supplies nearly half of the daily requirements in just one serving canned sweet potatoes are nearly as high in nutrition as those cooked fresh both versions contain fairly respectable amounts of B vitamins although Fresh cooked have more riboflavin, which is important for healthy blood cells. Both contain a respectable amount of protein, but best of all, a sweet potato is rich in fiber and complex carbohydrates, a combination that will help regulate blood sugar levels and sate the appetite of Weight Watchers. If eating less than a whole sweet potato, count on approximately fewer nutrients. People taking levodopa an anti-Parkinsonism drug should not eat excess amounts of food rich in pyridoxine, which is vitamin B6, that includes sweet potatoes, not related to white potatoes, baked with apple slices or pineapple rings, or smashed like, like white potatoes. If you want to fight the 
fight off the blahs, you know. Dietary sources of this vitamin, vitamin B6, are diverse, ranging from rice bran and squab to carrot juice and trout. And that's a good because people who have a serious deficiency of vitamin B, they run the risk of skin rashes, depression, anemia, and other symptoms. The trick is to concentrate on the low-fat foods in which B6 is readily available, such as potatoes, bananas, chicken breast, and prune juice. While forgetting high cholesterol foods like liver or fatty foods like goose. For more specific data on the lo- on the fat content of these foods, please refer to the to the other stuff that I was telling you about. But so, 45% of all this squab, for example, pigeon, uncooked, beef liver, braised potatoes, baked bananas, uncooked pheasant, chickpeas, canned prune juice. Has 28% of RDA and just 8 ounces. We also have pork sausage, chicken breast, chicken liver, quail, beef top, brown steak, pork, fresh tuna, turkey white meat, turkey liver, lamb river, rice bran, strip mullet, veal liver, carrot juice, goose, rainbow trout. As a teacher in a small school district, you're quite upset with the way that the school board and the superintendent are spending school funds. You are particularly troubled with all the money being spent on high school athletics. Since there's expenditures, since these expenditures have cut into your proposed salary raise. To protest the and the expenditures, you write a lengthy letter to the local newspaper criticizing the superintendent and the school board. After the letter is published, you find that the figures you cited in the letter were inaccurate. The following week, you are called into the superintendent's office and fired for breaking several school rules. You have failed to communicate your complaints to your superiors and you have caused harm to the school system by spreading false and malicious statements. In addition, the superintendent points out that your acceptance of a teaching position obligated you to refrain from publicizing critical statements about the school. The superintendent says although no one can stop you from making public statements, the school system certainly does not have to pay for you, has to pay you for the privilege. You decide to A. Go to court to win back your position. B. Chalk it up to experience, look for a new position, and make certain that you do not publish false statements and break school rules and school rules in the future. Which one are you gonna take? Well, this situation is based on a suit instigated by a teacher named Marvin Pickering. After balancing the teacher's interests, 
as a citizen in commenting on issues of public concern against the school's interest in efficiently providing public services, the, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of, drumroll, the teacher. It found that the decision... Oh, sorry. It found that the disciplined operation of the school system was not seriously damaged by Pickering's letter and that the misstatements in the letter were not made knowingly or recklessly. Moreover, there was no special need for confidentiality on the issue of school budgets. Hence, concluded the court prohibiting Pickering from making his statements was an infringement of his First Amendment right to freedom of speech. You, too, would probably win in a court if you were to issue public statements on matters of public concern unless your statements were intentionally or recklessly inaccurate, disclosed confidential material, or hampered either school discipline or your performance of duties. There's another situation here. Um, it's copywriting published material, okay? You read a fascinating two-page article in a national magazine, and since the article concerns an issue that your class is discussing, you dip duplicate the article and distribute it to your students. This is the only article that you have distributed in class, and you do not bother to ask either the author or the magazine for permission to reprint it. You have a violated the copyright law and you are liable to legal action or b not violated any copyright law let's get into it initially as copiers became common places in staff rooms teachers could reproduce articles poems book excerpts or whatever they pleased with virtually no fear of legal repercussions but in january 1976 congress passed the copyright act and teachers' rights to freely reproduce and distribute published works were greatly curtailed. Under this law, in order to use a published work in class, teachers must write to the publisher or author of the work and obtain written permission. This sometimes requires a payment of a permission fee, something the teachers on a limited budget are usually unwilling to do. Under certain circumstances, however, teachers may still reproduce published material without written permission or payment. This is called fair use, a legal principle that allows the limited use of copyrighted materials. Teachers must observe three criteria in selecting the material. Brevity, spontaneity, and cumulative effect. Brevity, number one, was a work can be reproduced if it is not overly long. It is always wise to contact publishers directly, but typical limits might include the following criteria. Poems or excerpts from poems must be no longer than 250 words. Articles, stories, and essays of less than 2,500 words may be reproduced in complete form, and excerpts of any prose work, such as a book or an article, may be reproduced only up to a thousand words or 10% of the work, whichever is less. Only one illustration, a photo, drawing, diagram, may be reproduced from the same book or journal. The brevity criterion limits the length of the material that a teacher can produce 
can reproduce and distribute from a single work. If you were the teacher in this example and you reproduced only a two-page article, you probably would not have violated the criterion of brevity. Number two, spontaneity. And if a teacher has an inspiration to use a published work and there is simply not enough time to write for and receive written permission, then teacher may reproduce, reproduce and distribute the work. The teacher in our vignette has met this criterion, so is acting within the law. If the teacher wishes to distribute the same article during the next semester or the next year, written permissions would be required. Since, simple since ample time exists to request such permissions, Cumulative effect, the total number of works reproduced without permission for class distribution must not exceed nine instances per class per semester. Within this limit, only one complete piece or two excerpts from the same author may be reproduced and only three pieces from the same book or magazine. Cumulative effect limits the number of articles, poems, excerpts, and so on that can be reproduced even if the criteria of spontaneity and brevity are met. The teacher in our vignette has not reproduced other work and therefore has met this criterion also. Under the fair use principle, single copies of printed material may be copied for your personal use. Thus, if you want a single copy for planning a lesson, this is not a problem. Whenever multiple copies are made for classroom use, Each copy must include a notice of copyright. What about videotapes, computers, software, and mixed media? Without a license or permission, educational institutions may not keep copyrighted videotapes, for example, from a television show for more than 45 days. The tape should not be shown more than once to students during the period, and then it must be erased. The, pro the growing use of computers prompted the amendment of the Copyright Act of 1990 to prohibit the copying of software for commercial gain. In 1998, Congress further amended the Copyright Act and passed the Digital Millennium Copyright Act to protect the vast amount of material published in the World Wide Web. Texts, graphics, multimedia materials, and even email are copyright protected and teachers must follow fair use guidelines when using information obtained from the internet and gleaned from email attachments. With so much information at our fingertips, both teachers and students need to be aware that all work posted on the internet is copyright protected, whether or not a specific notice is included. It is always advisable to check with your local school district officials to determine school policy and procedures. Labor rights. Salary negotiations have been going badly in your school district and at a mass meeting teacher, teachers finally vote to strike. You honor the strike and stay home, refusing to teach until an adequate salary increase is provided. During the first week of the strike, you receive a letter from the school board stating that you will be suspended for 15 days without pay at the end of the school year owing to your participation in the strike. So you decide to fight this illegal, unjust, and costly su uh, suspension or do you accept a super the suspension as a legal action of the school board?
the court decision. Well, in a number of cases, courts have recognized the right of teachers to organize, to join professional organizations such as the NEA, National Education Association, and AFT, the American Federation of Teachers, and to bargain collectively for improved work conditions, and you cannot legally be penalized for these activities. On the other hand, courts have upheld teachers' rights to strike in only about half the states. In some states, the courts have determined that teachers provide a vital public service and cannot strike. You need to understand your state laws to know if you are breaking the law by honoring the strike. The school board may be within its rights to suspend, fine, or even fire you for striking. Although about half of the states have laws that prohibit strikes, many communities choose not to prosecute striking teachers. Conversely, even though membership in teacher organizations and the right to collective bargaining have been upheld by the courts, some communities and school boards are adamantly opposed to such organizations and refuse to hire or to renew contracts of teachers who are active in them, who are active in them. Such bias is clearly illegal. Nevertheless, it is very difficult to prove in court and consequently, it is very difficult to stop. Yeah, because it's hard to prove in court. <laughs> in summary, law and reality do not always coincide. Legally speaking, teachers may be prohibited from striking by state law, but are, but are rarely prosecuted or penalized, sure, in the courtroom. <laughs> in some communities, however, Active involvement in teacher organizations may result in discriminatory school board actions. If you choose to strike, do so with the realization that such activity makes you liable to legal sanctions. Let's say you found a terrific website, you one that really com, uh, communicates recent changes and unique insights about the economic topics that your class is studying. You give out this website address and some students log on in class, while several others tell you that they will follow up at home. The next day, the principal calls you into her office to tell you that she has gotten several parent complaints about the website. It seems that a number of the items on the site are controversial and some of the topics discussed have upset them. You thank her, you go back to your classroom and recheck the site. Now you see the problem. There is slick advertising directing site visitors to free games and prizes. There are links to information forms with personal questions about beliefs and finances. And you find a story about money, management, and family decision-making ideas that probably conflicts with the more traditional views of your students' parents. While none of the sites are pornographic, vulgar, or age-inappropriate, some of the positions taken are well out of the mainstream. Well, you decide that the principal is right and that students should not have unfettered access to the internet. You take the responsibility for inappropriately directing your students to this controversial site, you offer an apology and then eliminate it from the curriculum. Or do you decide to resist to believe that the website has good information and that your students should have access? Well, in 1997, the Supreme Court struck down the Federal Communications Decency Act, an attempt by Congress to make it a crime to transmit on the internet indecent material to anyone under 18. The High Court found such a law a clear violation of the First Amendment. 
but what can legally be put on the internet and what schools choose to allow into their building and curricular assignments are entirely different issues. Many schools have implemented technological measures to ensure that vulgar pornographic materials are not accessible in school, a position that seems entirely within their legal rights. The courts have ruled that educators can restrict vulgar, non-appropriate, and educationally unsuitable materials from the school. Thus, if the website that you are assigned reflects any of these characteristics, an apology and withdrawal is called for. The courts have also ruled that controversial materials expressing unpopular ideas are not grounds for censoring material. So merely upsetting parents, the principal's concern is not grounds for removing site access. In this instance, the school would be wise to formulate appropriate internet guidelines for all teachers. The guidelines should allow teachers to assign unpopular and controversial ideas. While legitimate educational concerns may be given as a reason for censoring the internet, disagreeing with the ideas is not reason enough. Students' rights and responsibilities. Well, you're a high school teacher who has decided to stay after school and review your students' records. You believe that that learning more about your students will make you a more effective teacher. And you finish reviewing some of the folders that Brenda, a 16-year-old student of yours, walks in and asks to see her folder. Since you have several sensitive comments recorded in the folder, you refuse. Within the hour, the student's parents call and ask if they can see the folder. At this point, you explain that the information is confidential and sensitive and cannot be shared with non-professional personnel. Or do you explain that the parents can see the folder and describe the procedure for doing so? Well, the Family Rights and Protective Act, commonly referred to as the Buckley Amendment in 1974, allows parents and guardians access to their children's educational records. The amendment also requires that school districts inform parents of this right and publish a procedure for providing educational records on request. Moreover, written parental permissions is needed before these records can be shared with anyone other than the professionals connected with either the school, the student attends, or another school in which the student seeks to enroll. Health or safety officials or persons reviewing the student's financial aid application. If the student has reached 18 years of age, he or she must be allowed to see the folder and and is responsible for granting permissions for others to review the folder. The Buckley Amendment was recently tested by the common teacher practice of asking students to exchange and grade others' papers. In Awaso Independent School District v. Favlo, the Supreme Court ruled that the students can give their peers academic work and even announce the results in class without violating violating the Privacy Act. Under this law, you should have chosen the second option for it is the parent's right to use this information. Distribution of scholarships. As a secondary teacher, you are concerned with the manner in which scholarships and other financial awards donated by the local booster club and neighborhood businesses are distributed at graduation. You notice that nearly all the awards are going to boys. 
You mentioned this to the principal, who explains that this has been the case for as long as anyone can remember. The group donating the scholarship funds use such categories as leadership skills and sports abilities in choosing the recipients. The principal says that although this is not exactly equitable, it is realistic because future financial burdens hit males more than females. You decide that. Is it A, is it an unfortunate but realistic policy, or is it unfair, unreasonable, and unrealistic? You file a complaint with the Office for Civil Rights. Well, the Title VI prohibits using sex as a criterion by which to, create, to grant awards, scholarships, or financial aid. Scholarships and aid must be awarded by objective criteria fairly applied without regards to sex. If it turns out that the most qualified students in a given year are predominantly or entirely of one sex, that is acceptable, as long as the procedures and criteria have been fairly applied. But, a sex, but sex itself should not be a criterion. This example is a violation of Title VI and should be corrected. Suspension and Discipline you are teaching a difficult class and one student is a primary source of trouble. After a string of disorderly episodes on the student's part, the floppy disk for the entire class mysteriously disappears. You have put up what's more than enough and you send the student to the principal's office to be suspended. The principal backs you up and the student is told not to return to school for a week. This action is legal and appropriate and probably long overdue or be legal. We shall find out. Although troublesome and disorderly students can be disciplined, suspensions from school represents a serious penalty, one that should not be taken lightly. In such cases, the Supreme Court has ruled on Goss v. Lopez, v. Lopez that teachers and administrators are required to follow certain procedures in order to guarantee the students due process rights granted by the 14th Amendment. In this case, the students must be informed of the rule that has been broken and of the evidence. The student is also entitled to tell his or her side of the story in self-defense. For suspensions in excess of 10 days, the school must initiate more formal procedures. School officials can be held personally liable for damages if they violate a student's clearly establishing constitutional rights. Would be Strickland. If you look back at the Viget, you will notice that you if that you do not know for sure that the student is responsible for the missing floppy disk, nor is the student given the opportunity for self-defense. If you selected illegal, you chose the right answer. Many schools have adopted zero tolerance policies in an attempt to create safe schools. A zero a zero tolerance policy typically sets out predetermined consequences or punishments for specific offenses, regardless of the circumstances or disciplinary history of the student involved. Nine out of 10 schools report zero tolerance policies for firearms. Many schools have zero tolerance policies covering permissions, possessions of alcohol, drugs, and tobacco, as well as incidents of violence. Courts have generally ruled that students' constitutional right to due process is not violated by zero-tolerance policies. And tomorrow we will be doing um, freedom of speech 
and um, and about the school prayers and about search and seizures and um, freedom of the press, HIV infected students, sexual harassment. And that is going to be a very good one, my friends, tomorrow here on 22 Minutes with Evelyn, the podcast. Thank you for listening. We'll see you later. What's up, guys? It's your girl, Evelyn, here with 15 Minutes, the podcast. And... I decided to just give you a little heads up, okay? Now, these recordings that I'm making, right, the podcast, they all come impromptu as hell, okay? Now, I've had a big block in my throat chakra for many, many years, and it's really, I mean, life is life, right? Some people have it better, some people have it worse, and some people say, well, what is worse, right? What is better? Um, I'm sorry. I I can't wait until my blocks are completely out of the way because then, I mean, we'll be waiting a lifetime, right? Um, I can't. So I've decided to do these recordings, these this podcast, just as I am okay there's really not a script at all there's just nothing but impromptu nothing but impromptu so I've decided to give you like I said a heads up I will put this one at the very beginning just so you um, don't get disappointed too fast or whatever I mean I don't know what you came here to search for all right but I am letting you know that everything is impromptu okay I at the end of everything you might be like well what is she trying to say and it's like well what is somebody that has has had a block in their throat chakra <laughs> that you know have to say they really it's it's not really about saying anything it's about practicing it's about putting myself out here so that I can get that experience so that I can speak my mind and regardless of how my episodes come out it's up to you to to judge everything that I've said in the in in the episodes and what I am saying right now and just take it for what it is it's just a podcast it's just my words it's just impromptu things it's just it's just me um now will my podcast get better hell yeah it will do I know that? Yeah, because I'm putting myself out here and I'm practicing, okay? Practicing the craft, okay? And we all have to start somewhere. So if my content is a little out there everywhere, it's because I haven't really, I'm in the process of finding, I'm finding myself now. <laughs> no, not really. Um, I'm in the just process of putting myself out there and impromptu it up laugh it out cry it out get pissed off I don't care really um, because you're here wanting to know what I'm about and maybe I sent you the the podcast you know link or whatever the reason it is you're here I'm glad you're here I mean who doesn't want to get visitors right 
Uh, but like I said, I'm warning you. Okay? Warning, warning, warning. <laughs> now, I mean, that's it. That's my disclaimer for you guys, okay? Take it or leave it. I guarantee you there's something in one of these episodes that you will enjoy. Um, I did have a little hard time. You know, I, I really didn't like the fact that I couldn't, that I had to like group like all these little episodes and maybe one. I, I wish it would have just been like, I, I don't know. Like you have to just listen and, and kind of, I don't know. Shoot, this is the first time I've made a podcast. Put it that way, okay? <laughs> Sorry if you've been at it for longer and you, it doesn't meet your expectations. However, I have been learning to not have a negative attitude about things right i mean it is what it is guys i'm perfect i bleed just like everybody else the same color i'm thinking um and that's it okay i'm not apologizing for anything i'm just saying hey if on the first episode nothing was there for you maybe the second one maybe the third i don't know shoot but you're gonna want to stick around because like i said my podcast i'm only gonna get better and going to be a clear path for me to into this different world of mine okay I love y'all and I wish for a better world a more peaceful world and one where there's justice and if you don't know what justice is look it up Look it up, my friends. There is the Google button. Um, yeah, justice. Laters. Haters. Nice. <laughs> okay. Later. See you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile. Okay. I killed it. <laughs> well, anyways, y'all had it. Y'all been warned. Now step right into my world. Oh, and one more thing. I know that my podcast is called 15 Minutes with Evelyn, the podcast. And I've thought many things. I've thought about many names, okay? And this one just seems the one that's stuck uh, around. And so I wanted to... I was thinking about... You know, I'm like, well, dang, that means that I have to to talk for 15 minutes and sometimes it wasn't enough time sometimes it was more than enough I mean I'm just like dang am I really gonna be limited to that amount of time so then I kind of thought about you know just making the podcast as long as it was and just kind of naming it like okay it's the podcast with Evelyn 15 it just wasn't right so I just left it alone I said 15 minutes that's it it don't mean that it's gonna be that long don't mean it's gonna be short it's gonna be just right And that came along, 15 Minutes, the podcast with Evelyn. Thank you for watching. Love y'all. Have a good one. For listening, I'm sorry. Not watching. That one might take a little longer. Yeah. What's up, guys? It's your girl, Evelyn, here with 15 Minutes, the podcast. And I decided to just give you a little heads up, okay? Now, these recordings that I'm making, right, the podcast, they all come impromptu as hell, okay? 
Now, I've had a big block in my throat chakra for many, many years. And it's really, I mean, life is life, right? Some people have it better, some people have it worse, and some people say, well, what is worse, right? What is better? Um, I'm sorry. I, I can't wait until my blocks are completely out of the way because then, I mean, we'll be waiting a lifetime, right? Um, I can't. So I've decided to do these recordings, these, this podcast just as I am okay there's really not a script at all there's just nothing but impromptu nothing but impromptu so I've decided to give you like I said a heads up I will put this one at the very beginning just so you um, don't get disappointed too fast or whatever but I mean I don't know what you came here to search for all right but I am letting you know that everything is impromptu okay I at the end of everything you might be like well what is she trying to say and it's like well what is somebody that has has had a block in their throat chakra <laughs> that you know have to say they really it's it's not really about saying anything it's about practicing it's about putting myself out here so that I can get that experience so that I can speak my mind and regardless of how my episodes come out it's up to you to to judge everything that I've said in the in in the episodes and what I am saying right now and just take it for what it is it's just a podcast it's just my words it's just impromptu things it's just it's just me um now will my podcast get better hell yeah it will do I know that? Yeah, because I'm putting myself out here and I'm practicing, okay? Practicing the craft, okay? And we all have to start somewhere. So if my content is a little out there everywhere, it's because I haven't really, I'm in the process of finding, I'm finding myself now. <laughs> no, not really. Um, I'm in the just process of putting myself out there and impromptuing it up laugh it out cry it out get pissed off I don't care really um, because you're here wanting to know what I'm about and maybe I sent you the the podcast you know link or whatever the reason it is you're here I'm glad you're here I mean who doesn't want to get visitors right um, but I like I said I'm warning you okay warning 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 <laughs> now I mean, that's it. That's my disclaimer for you guys, okay? Take it or leave it. I guarantee you there's something in one of these episodes that you will enjoy. Um, I did have a little hard time. You know, I I really didn't like the fact that I couldn't, that I had to like group like all these little episodes and maybe one. I I wish it would have just been like, I I don't know. Like you have to just listen and, and kind of, I don't know, this is the first time I've made a podcast, put it that way, okay? (laughs) Sorry, if you've been at it for longer and it doesn't meet your expectations. However, I have been learning to not have a negative attitude about things, right? I mean, it is what it is, guys. I'm perfect. I bleed just like everybody else, the same color, I'm thinking. Um, And that's it. 
Okay, I'm not apologizing for anything. I'm just saying, hey, if on the first episode nothing was there for you, maybe the second one, maybe the third, I don't know. Shoot. But you're going to want to stick around because, like I said, my podcast is only going to get better. And it's going to be a clear path for me to into this different world of mine. Okay? I love y'all. And I wish for a better world, a more peaceful world, and one where there's justice. And if you don't know what justice is, look it up. Look it up, my friends. There is the Google button. Um, yeah, justice. Laters. Haters. Nice. <laughs> okay. Later, see you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile. Okay, I killed it. <laughs> well, anyways, y'all had it. Y'all been warned. Now step right into my world. Oh, and one more thing. I know that my podcast is called 15 Minutes with Evelyn, the podcast. And I've thought many thing I've thought about many names okay and this one just seems the one that stuck uh, around and so I wanted to I was thinking about you know I'm like well dang that means that I have to to talk for 15 minutes and sometimes it wasn't enough time sometimes it was more than enough I mean I'm just like dang am I really going to be limited to that amount of time so then I kind of thought about you know, just making the podcast as long as it was and just kind of naming it like, okay, it's the podcast with Evelyn, 15, it just wasn't right. So I just left it alone. I said, 15 minutes, that's it. It don't mean that it's going to be that long. Don't mean it's going to be short. It's going to be just right. And that came along, 15 minutes, the podcast with Evelyn. Thank you for watching. Love y'all. Have a good one. For listening, I'm sorry. Not watching. That one might take a little longer. Yeah.